You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, The Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to The Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey and we are the football dudes. Are you Dave. ready? Uh, I was going to say I know exactly what you're about to ask and the answer is yes. <laughs> Dave, what is yes for 400? <laughs> Nostradamusing over there is Casey Mallon. Uh, Casey appears to have uh, entered into the trend zone moments before the rest of us. That's but- right, baby. But there's plenty of room for everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just crossed over into the trend zone. In today's episode, we'll talk about some wacky COVID uh, breakouts in the NFL, the new salary cap numbers, a little survivor, a little fantasy go-backs, and of course, we'll get into all the awesome games coming up uh, in week 15 in the NFL. So many playoff uh, ramifications there, but before all that good stuff, Casey, let's get it, get it going with a tasty nug for the people. Oh, yeah, brother. When I say the NFL is toit, I mean toit like a toiger, Dave. Five teams in the AFC, seven and six. Five teams in the NFC, six and seven. 24 of the 32 teams in the NFL have at least six wins and are legitimately still in the playoff race. Dave, a little sprinkle on top for the nug. For only the third time since 1990, the league enters week 15 without a single team having clinched a playoff berth, Dave, with only four weeks to play. 28 teams still have dreams of the postseason, Dave. How sweet it is, bro. <laughs> 28 teams with Super Bowl dreams, dude. It's hard to imagine no one has booked a playoff uh, appearance yet. It's it's just unbelievable, man. 28 teams in. What does that mean, Casey? It means we're in for a hell of a good stretch down these four weeks. But, Dave, I'm not really a numbers guy. <laughs> but I think there's 32 teams in the NFL. That means a couple of teams are officially eliminated, Tacey. Let the people know who's, who's oh. out. Yeah, who's looking at had, the draft right now? Oh, uh, yeah. They had a, a long shot, and it was really long. But Detroit was alive until that loss last week. They're officially on the clock, sitting there at number one right now. And they joined the Jets, the Texans, and the Shaguars, baby, as uh, teams that are focusing on the draft. <laughs> and the Jet fan is sort of, <laughs> oh, you know, it's a yearly event for the Jet fan. The, the Super Bowl is in April. All right, Casey, last week we talked about the hot seat. Uh, and we mentioned a handful of coaches. Some got hotter, some did not. But there's a new, uh, new guy that we think is on the hot seat this week, and he's down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, dude, Urban Meyer really looking like he could be one and done, man. He's finding it not so easy being in the NFL when he doesn't have – a five-star recruit at every single position. He he liked it a lot better when he was in that dive bar with that gill freaking on his lap. So, you know, in the NFL, you have to bring it. You got to put in the hours. You got to watch the tape. Sounds like there might be a little mutiny down there. So I wouldn't be shocked if it was, a like I said, one and done for herbs. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see if it's Shad Khan that pulls the, uh, you know, the, the trigger there and lowers the axe or if it's Urban Meyer himself who says, you know what, one was enough for me. But Casey, obviously Urban, it all started back in the draft when he was a little upset that he didn't have like 15 first round picks, apparently, <laughs> which is what he's accustomed to in his college uh, recruiting career. So a little different in the NFL when you don't have nearly as much uh, talent uh, on your side. Yeah, it's easy to win when you have all of the best players, when you got to spread it around. Not so easy, Dave. Dude, okay, moving along. Uh, 
the COVID scenario in the NFL, they've done everything they can, and it's they've kept it kind of at check. It seems like there's COVID left and right, COVID left and right all season, but it hasn't really like gone nuts. So, and now <laughs> it's gone crazy, man. It's oh yeah, dude. We, we thought it was bad yesterday when there were 37 uh, t- positive cases. Now they're 75, dude, and a couple of these teams have been brutalized by it. Obviously, the Rams on Monday night, they have nine as of Tuesday. The Browns have eight. Football teams had a bunch, and, you know, the NFL is working with these teams trying to uh, get these enhanced protocols going. But, Dave, man, we're getting close to the end of the season. All the games are bigger, and the playoffs are right there, man. Um, This would suck if we got to the end of the postseason. NFC Championship, oh, an outbreak on the Bucs. Or an yeah. outbreak on the Chiefs and they have it's well, brutal, dude. No doubt, Casey. And and right now we we talked about in, in with our nug how how competitive the league is, how many teams are a game away from getting into the playoffs or being on the outside looking in. And you got this game on Thursday. It's the Chargers and Chiefs. It's for first place in the AFC West. Now, pretty much most people are handing it to the Chiefs, but Keenan Allen hasn't come back from missing last week's game. Now we have Rashawn Slater uh, uh, in the COVID protocol right now. The Chiefs have Chris Jones in the in the protocol. These are starting big time players for these squads, vying for the division title. It speculatively speaking here with a you know one four games left, um, and yeah. I mean, it's these are big name dudes that are going to be out and and, you know, the rest of the it's like the rest of the team's got to rally. You know, next man up has never been has never been more important than it is right now with this covid outbreak. Yeah, the NFL would like to snuff it out. I just don't know if they're going to be able to. It's uh, definitely interesting to watch how this, you know, transpires. No question, dude. All right. NFL salary cap, Casey, for twenty twenty two. The uh, information has been leaked out at what the maximum amount will be. Let's talk about that. Yeah, dude, I'm going to quote the great Jeff Spicoli. Righteous bucks, dude. The cap is going up to $208.2 million. That's 25.7 more than it was this season. And, uh, you know, 2020 was uh, 198. But when COVID hit, all those empty stadiums went down to 182 this year. So that's going to add a bunch of money for all these teams. Hope you keep some of your prize free agents, Randy Gregory. So <laughs> I know that the owners are going to be stoked to see that. And, Dave, if the cap has gone up, that means that profits have gone up. So it's a win-win for everybody associated with the NFL, dude. No question about that, Casey. I mean, note the the as long as that cap keeps going up, it's an indication that the NFL keeps prospering. And who's going to complain? Obviously, everyone took a step back due to the uh, the pandemic and the empty stadiums. Yeah. But uh, moving forward, this looks like it's going to be huge. Like like you said, keeping your stars in mm-hmm. in house, you know, and that's going to be absolutely uh, enormous for for many teams moving forward, trying to keep their dudes. In the house, a couple of them, you know, you squeezed a bunch of guys under the cap last year in hopes that this would happen. Yeah. You- and you might have, uh, you know, you've got these guys in on low deals, these free agents this year and say, hey, you know, now we have a we'll little make it back to you. To pay you now. Here it is for you. Yeah, so we'll get it back to you. See. Yep. Uh, good news for NFL, right? Uh, NFL teams, NFL players. All right. Up next, Casey's the three strikes survivor pool. You and I have been deceased for quite some time now, but. They're apparently still continuing on with the game. Whatever. Um, in our absence, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but let's go for it. 
Yeah, the most popular correct pick last week was our Los Angeles Chargers over those Gigantes. And the most popular incorrect pick were the Ravens over the Brownies. So, um, yeah, if you're still there and you still have teams this late into the season, good on you, man. Yeah. Well yeah. done. No, no done doubt. Well. Most popular uh, pick heading into this week. little something for the people out there that are still live. Arizona over Detroit. This just in. Detroit's not very good. So... <laughs> Uh, Arizona coming off that loss, looking to rebound uh, and Detroit in their way. Um, so good pick there. And moving ahead to the fantasy go back starts of the week, KC. Fantasy go back starts where we go back in time. We look at our team and we think, could we have done something different? Yeah, Dave. And, you know, I just uh, crushed another um, a bolt action, lightning strikes, bulk action, whatever. I just put up another 160 on them. Damn. I did secure my uh, first round buy going into the playoffs and my bench is thin, dude. My starters did all the work. So no changes I could have made there. And I get to have a week off, Dave, and uh, collect a paycheck. So I'm all hey, about hey, it. Hey. I got a week off too, Casey. A little different nice. scenario here. A little different. I was destroyed by Nick and the Dick Man store holes. But as a result, I got a buy in the Constellation playoffs. And all I'm right. About that top seed, actually, uh, with that buy. Um so, hey, I got a chance at a little money. The Constellation prize money is not so grandiose, but I'll take anything I can get at this point. And, Dave, adding that to our mix gives everybody a reason to keep playing so they don't just yep. bail on the season. So, you know, putting the carrot out there keeps it fun for everyone. I dig yeah. it. I, I, hey, the competitive nature in me would still uh, want to compete, but, hey, there's bucks involved, too. You know, yeah. So, and I'm in the actual playoffs in my other league with no money. Um, okay, moving along. <laughs> Let's move to our astronomical fantasy segment, Casey, where we give the people a little advice on how they can pick up a streamer, maybe bolster the the squad for this week or for the for the playoff stretch. Yeah, dude. If you're uh, getting in there for this week, uh, you could do worse than Tua. I like him here. Um, week 11, he played these Jets and had 272. And two touchdowns. So uh, the Jets, their running back room has been decimated by COVID. So two is probably going to have to throw it a lot. So uh, I really like that matchup, especially with how hot those uh, Dolphins have been lately. Yeah, the Dolphins, no question. After uh, tanking earlier uh, with two or tanking with or with or without two, uh, getting it back around. Now, I'm looking at a guy at running back, Casey, that I've had my eye on him for a while. The San Diego State Aztec. I loved his college career. He's had a very disappointing pro career with the Seahawks. Rashad Penny at running back. But last week, he's finally healthy. And yeah. let's hope, hope that he can stay healthy. But um, uh, he's available out there in a lot of leagues. And uh, last week, really, really got it going. It was like 137 yards and two touchdowns. He also ran a ton of routes um, in the past. When they went yeah. Passes. He went out for passes, which means he's an available receiver. He's not being held back for blocking purposes. Uh, so at least half the time they passed, he was out there. I'm looking for him to continue. Um, in fact, Pete Carroll said, "Hey, he deserves a chance yeah. to start." And so he's going to give him a lot of looks uh, going into this week. They know what they have with the other backs. They they didn't give him the fifth year extension. This is a huge opportunity for Penny, and I would jump on board if I if I if I needed a running back. 
Absolutely. And then over wide receiver, Dave, I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills, only rostered in 7% of leagues with Manny Sanders out. This gives Davis a huge opportunity. He had a couple nice grabs and a touchdown last week against those Buccaneers. So this guy might be able to lead you to a, a fantasy championship. <laughs> Sounds pretty good if you're in the playoffs. Um, now, how about for tight end, dude? I'm liking Philadelphia's Dallas Goddard. You know what? He's available in at least 20% of the leagues out there playing against Washington this week. And this is actually one of those sneaky, really good football games, obviously divisionally. But I look for uh, for Dallas Goddard to have a big role and to get a lot of targets in that game. Yeah, man, he's a good pickup. I'm always surprised that he was floating around there. Yep, no question. All right, Case, moving on out of this fantasy world um, and into reality. Uh, this has been a heck of a season. 28 games decided by a game-winning score on the final play wow. this season. That's the most ever through week 14 all-time NFL history. The games are so tight. You're, you're, they're nail biters of crazy epic proportions. And guess what? There's going to be a handful of them this week, too. Oh, uh, yeah, Dave. Uh, I know you got a little interest in this one, bro. Hit us up. Yeah, it's the Kansas City Chiefs at my are Los are. Angeles Chargers. Chiefs are heading into SoFi Stadium as the favorites in this game by three and a half points. Yeah, dude, and a little bad news for those Chargers. Last week, Patrick Mahomes, 20 to 24. That's a little better than 83%, 258 and two touchdowns. No INTs. That's a 139.2. Um, if I were a Charger guy, I would say don't go step on the logo. Even though it's a Charger logo, that seemed to really <laughs> piss those Chiefs off last week. So just stay away from it. But I think that success, the turnaround has been he started taking the underneath, man. They were just going for the home yep. run every time, which works a lot for the Chiefs. But when it wasn't working, it was bad results. He's taking the underneath. He's getting those backs involved with it, and that's really helping him out. But, Dave, that six-game winning streak isn't all about Mahomes. That Kansas City defense has allowed uh, allowed nine or nine seven points. Sorry, last week that was week nine, and in both eleven and thirteen, they haven't given up. They haven't given up double digit uh, points on defense in any of those games. So, um, wow, fewer than ten points four out of the last five weeks. That makes it pretty easy for the offense. So, I really like what that defense is doing, and this is a huge game. Your Chargers got the first one. It's crazy, but man, get this win on Thursday. Chargers, AFC West Division Championship sitting right there for you. Still got a little work to do, but man, sweeping these Chiefs would be a big way to get there. And Dave, how are your Chargers going to do that? Well, I'll tell you what, Casey. First of all, um, some of those phenomenal uh, Mahomes performances uh, in the last in that six game winning streak uh, were against the Raiders. In fact, his passer rating against the Raiders was something like 132, and he had seven touchdowns and no interceptions. In the rest of the games, his passer rating was something like 70. Okay, so their offense has turned it around. You're right, taking those down, uh, taking uh, going a little bit more underneath, and 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 the way defenses have played them, they've adjusted, and their defense certainly, you mentioned it, has been much much better, uh, without a doubt. Spagnola has got those guys playing good defense, but let's talk about this Charger team, dude, coming off a blowout win against the Giants, um, and and Herbert, man, I mean, if you didn't see the wow. 64 yard pass when he was running and he throws it. I mean, the thing was on the money. 
he is uh, really, really dialing it up. It's a couple of wins in a row. After starting off four and one, the Chargers went win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. Now they got two in a row. Obviously, this game's huge. Um, and the Chiefs are a fine opponent. Uh, no question. They're they're favored for a reason. But uh, last week, 74%, 275 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. His best game of the season, uh, 133 passer rating for Justin Herbert. Eckler got banged up in the game, but he missed the majority of the game, two-thirds of the game, still had 84 yards from scrimmage. And the other running backs, it was Kelly and Jackson, really picked up the slack very nicely for them running the football. Uh, as a team, the Chargers ran for about 130 yards or something like that. So that's a really, really plus for the Chargers to have a, a, a little more balance like that. Keenan Allen missed that game, but guess what? Uh uh, Mike Williams had a nice game. Jalen Guyton stepped up. Joshua Palmer had a touchdown yeah. in that game. Uh, and it was Guyton on the other end of that 65-yard touchdown pass or whatever, maybe 70-yard touchdown pass, right? And uh, defensively, the Chargers are still horrible against the run, statistically speaking. But a lot of the teams and, and a lot of that damage was done earlier. In the last five or six weeks, they've done a better job against the run and uh, – you know, it takes a while to balance out, out those yeah. stats, but um, they're a really good pass defense, and that's going to help against this Chiefs team in a big way. So, and and then the obviously we have the COVID implications, but Joey Bosa um, has really, really had a fine season. Last week he had a sack and his fifth forced fumble of the season, and then of course the unique uh, yeah, the Halo tea bag <laughs> I'll say it, Dave. <laughs> right. Tea bag guy. He teabagged him, uh, and uh, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> we were all we, we were all wondering what was going on. Justin Jones, uh, the defensive tackle, had a sack and and a um, also a fumble recovery last week. So um, the defense is coming is coming together, playing better football under Brandon Staley. Um, the offense, Justin Herbert, uh, and then and the, the receiving group playing good football. Uh, they're getting contributions. They just have to be able to protect Herbert against the Chiefs, and that's going to be the key to this football game. Yeah, dude, and you mentioned uh, uh, the defender out, uh, Chris Jones, for the Chiefs, probably yeah. Slater out. That's a win for the Chargers if both of those that. guys are gone. Right. And this is coming back full circle where Herbert got his start last year and took these Chiefs right into overtime before right. Butker hit like five 55-yarders in a row with all the timeouts, false starts, and all that crap. So Chargers yeah. know they belong in this game, man. This is a yep. huge matchup, bro. Yeah. It was huge. <laughs> All right, dude. No, it's awesome now. Saturday, Saturday? College football. The goodness Saturday NFL football. And this Saturday. is an awesome game in the morning. We got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cleveland Browns, dude. And the Brownies are five and a half point favorites at home. Yeah. And this Raiders team, dude, whoo, what can you say? Unraveling, uh, maybe something like that. Uh, in the two games to the Chiefs, they were absolutely, utterly destroyed, including last week's 48 to 9. Um, just drubbing, yeah, just absolutely ass brutal. kicking. And still, Derek Carr, seventy three percent in that. That's just kind of that's the kind of guy he is. He just dumps it off underneath. Doesn't really make a big difference. Um, a lot of times, the offense is strong, tenth uh, in yards, second in passing, but they're near the bottom of the league in rushing. Uh, this this Ra Raiders offense. And uh, just scoring 21.8 points a game, uh, way off their pace from last year when they were really lighting it up. Also, uh, Kenyon Drake on IR, Darren Waller uh, questionable for this game. Um, 
and, and and they really really l- you know lose a lot when Waller's not there. Although um, I got to say, Hunter Renfro has been phenomenal yeah. in the last handful of weeks. It just hasn't translated into the the offense having success. But last week, 117 yards and a touchdown. Uh, again, not enough in a blowout loss, really. Right, and the defense is um, a little bit below average, generally speaking. But they're um, in in run defense. They're they're not very good, and they're 34, uh, 31st rather in points per game. So they're just get when it gets down to it, they just give up too many points. And I mean that's not how you win football games in the NFL. This is a, a, you know a pivotal game for the Raiders yeah. if they want to stay alive at all. Um, but if they want to just keep folding up, then uh, this is also a pivotal game. Yeah, dude, and these Brownies have so much to play for, and I really liked how they jumped out last week, got that huge 24-3 to lead or 24-6, whatever it was at halftime there, knocked Lamar Jackson out of the game. But then that thing, they almost got, they almost lost it. They ended up winning just by two points. So there seems like a lot of dysfunction there in Cleveland. I know they had OBJ and they moved him out. And sometimes the offense looks really dynamic, and sometimes it's just not that good. Um, Nick Chubb last week, only 59 yards, man. That's such a rarity for him to be held that low. So they look to get him back on track there. So um, probably no Kareem Hunt in this one. But Baker's just got to take care of that ball. No turnovers. Stay within the game, and they should be fine in this one. And on the other side, Miles Garrett fighting for that uh, defensive player of the year. He had the sack and the force fumble and the touchdown last week. You put Clowney on the other end, and that's a formidable uh, pass rush there. So they're doing a lot of good stuff all the way around. I just don't know what Brown's team is going to show up. Hopefully for a Cleveland fan, it's the good one. Yeah, no question about it. Hopefully. All right, Casey, up next, New England Patriots at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts at home are favored by two and a half in this one. Wow, interesting. Yeah, dude, and the Patriots, man, they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They've won six in a row, including that huge win at Buffalo last week, although I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball 35 times and pass it three, (laughs) whatever the hell it was against these Colts. But I'm so impressed with this Patriots team in general and what Bill Belichick's really been able to do the turnaround that we saw just from one year ago, man, I know they got a lot of people back on defense, but that doesn't, you know, catapult you to the number one seed in the AFC, just getting a few defensive players back. Mac Jones really understands what he's supposed to do in that offense. He's very smart and he doesn't take a lot of chances because there's no need to do. You just run the ball and play solid defense. Don't get any negative plays, but mm-hmm. he's really going to be tested because this is a good Colts team. But that yep. Patriots defense, dude, over the past five games, they've only surrendered three second half points, dude. Oh, man. So That's nuts. I know. It's really crazy. So only allowing 15, a little over 15 a game, that leads the league. And they're also only giving up about 300 yards. So we know what the formula for that Patriots team is. And can they force Carson Wentz into some mistakes? They forced all these other quarterbacks into a lot of those. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But, dude, this is a huge game, man. The Colts trying to get some relevancy in there. And the Patriots trying to hold on to that one seed in that first round by in the playoffs. Dude, this is a playoff game. Yep. And the, and you look at this Colts team sitting at 7-6 and six right now. Uh, they've got work to do. Uh, but they started off 0 and 3. So you look at them; they're 7 and 3 uh, <clears throat> in the last 10 games, and 
they're playing some really, really good football, the type of football that wins uh, late in the season and wins in the playoffs uh, because of the way they, they their, their, their team is made up. Uh, last, uh, last week was the bye, but before that, they blew out the Texans, who, who are crappy, but... Um, are, have played really close to a lot of teams, yeah. you know, and they ble- beat him 31 to nothing. It was, a, it was a spank in there. And you look at Carson Wentz, you know, he is, has been not, not spectacular, but solid, you know, 22 t- touchdowns and just five picks is solid, but it, the team isn't about Carson Wentz. He just, he's doing his thing there. But the fifth, the thing that, that this team does offensively is Jonathan Taylor, dude. The I mean, base player from Duran Duran? <laughs> no, the running back on the Colts, Casey. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy, right, his twin brother, right? He has 1,350 yards. That leads the league. And he has 16 touchdowns. That leads the league. He's got a 5.6 yard per carry average, right? You hand it to him twice, it's a first down. But I, I you know. I'm no math wizard, but those numbers crunch out for me, right? So you look at Jonathan Taylor last week, 143 yards Ugh. and two touchdowns. Well, two weeks ago because they were coming off the bye. Uh, and it's his seventh game this season with 100-plus yards. So it's not just like once in a while he goes crazy. He's consistently doing it. Seven games this season with 100-plus yards and a touchdown. Wow. So that's the most in the NFL. That's their bread and butter right there. Oh, and by the way, not turning over the football and playing strong defense, right? They're plus 13 wow. in the takeaway uh, in the takeaway giveaway uh, thing there. Second in the league rushing, third in points per game. So the run resulting in points, right? And then on the defense, they're solid. They're ninth in, in giving up points. So it's a nice equation right there. Uh, and, the, and again, like I said, that that translates to outdoors. That translates to cold weather. Even though they're an indoor squad, um, they just need to get in. And that <laughs> this will be a team that you don't you do not want to meet in the playoffs. Yeah, dude. Kind of fortuitous. Both these teams coming off a week thirteen bye, and now back in the mix or week fourteen, whatever the hell it was. And you know they're going to be indoors this week, and uh, we're going to see what happens. Two AFC heavyweights. All right, we'll move it over to Sunday, Casey. It's going to be. Uh, your Dallas Cowboys against the New York Giants. I'm sure you have a personal bet on this one, Casey, but the Cowboys on the road here favored by 10 and a half, a whopping number, 10 and a half. Do they deserve yeah. it? Well, we'll see. I, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But Dave, who would have thought it would be the defense carrying this team in the playoffs? But it is. You would have said, yeah. what is that guy smoking? But Gregory and Lawrence and uh, Micah Parsons dominated the FTs last week. I mean, dominated. And I know TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, they both have more sacks than Micah. But every week, this dude makes a play that you're like, oh, my God. He's all over the field. They can move him around in different positions. He doesn't even rush that much, and he's still got like 12 sacks. This guy is a beast. He's definitely my rookie defensive rookie of the year. But, dude, this guy is the defensive player of the year. He's outstanding. I can't wait to see, you know, with Tank and Gregory back in there, some more flow and Gallimore with this defense. Offense has to get it on track. A little thin at running back. Got to see what happens with Pollard uh, moving forward. Zeke's a little banged up. Dak had that costly giveaway late in the game. But, dude, if I'm the OC, we're running the ball right there. So that never happens to Dak. So offense, shockingly, a work in progress. Defense. Returning to the doomsday, they should just kick the crap out of these Giants and not think twice. Yeah, no question. Seeing what the the uh, Giants did last week, the Cowboys, um, yeah, they're licking their chops, dude. 
All right, up next, Dave, we got the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and somehow the Jags are three-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> okay, so both these teams dead, out of the playoffs. Um, and then you look at uh, the, the, the franchises, really, and you think, uh, we talked about earlier, is Herbs a dead man walking, too? And then on the other side, you got Jacksonville. Cully, was he like a sacrificial lamb in this whole thing anyways? You know, uh, so... These two uh, organizations, wow, uh, what can you say? Um, that would be shady, dude, if they do Coley like that, man. It was an yeah. unwinnable situation this year. Yeah. And then Tyrod gets hurt, obviously, um, you know, with uh, Watson not playing at all and all the injuries and all the picks going away. Give him another chance. He's waited so long. Uh, you know, I agree with you, Casey, but it is uh, a cold, you know, ruthless industry. And if they can get somebody better, then maybe they do. We'll see how it works out. All right. Up next, Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is a Steeler, excuse me, a Titans uh, favored by two and a half on the road against the Steelers. Yeah, dude. And the Titans made quick work of those shags last week, 20 to nothing. Not a great performance, just kind of ho-hum. But they are so banged up. Um, No A.J. Brown in this. Julio Jones came back last week, played about 30 plays. So they're hoping he can be more involved in the offense um, moving forward there. Um, they just like trying to find bodies right now. Luckily, they got out to such a, a quick start that they've had a little, um, you know, leeway there to kind of get right and get healthy. Obviously, no Derrick right. Henry, although they're saying they might have him back for a playoff run, which would be outstanding, but Dante Foreman's been pretty good. The combo of him and Hilliard has been able to get their run going just enough to keep uh, Tannehill in that play action, and if you start running some man uh, man coverage out there, Tannehill will make you play, uh, make you pay when he runs the uh, the football in there. He can score. Um, pretty tough defense overall. Minus three on the turnover ratio there, but this team is a lot like their coach, Vrabel, and um, they'll be ready for this game. And don't sleep on these Steelers, man. As bad as it looked last Thursday, dude, Tomlin, I think, will have their attention for this game. Tennessee hasn't had any trouble beating the better teams. They've slipped up when they played some of their lesser opponents. I think they'll uh, they'll be ready for the Steelers on Sunday. Yeah, and Steelers are one of the few teams that actually could go 500 this year, Casey, uh, in this oh, yeah. 17-game <laughs> format. At 6-6-1, six, six, and one, they are currently 500 uh, and heading towards that. But you mentioned the, the game last week on Thursday where they got – they sort of got whooped by the the Vikings and then made kind of came back and made it uh, more respectable there uh, before it was too late. But when you look at the numbers, Ben, 70 percent, 300 plus yards and three touchdowns, uh, it was it was a decent performance from Ben and Najee Harris over 100 yards rushing and two t- touchdowns. First time in his career to to notch two uh, scores in one game. But uh, the Steelers team just I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it seems to be a team in transition that maybe hung on to Ben Roethlisberger one season too many. Not that they would have had uh, the, the the answer for, for the quarterback position, but the offense is a bit below average, uh, and they're fifth worst um, rushing the football this year, even with a great young rookie running back still right there at the kind of near the bottom at the league rushing. And then on defense, they're a little below average overall. Obviously, T.J. Watt is phenomenal, um, but they're third worst in the league at stopping the run. And 
that just those two things like not being able to run and not being able to stop the run. That's not Steeler football. Nope. That's just not Steeler football. TJ Watt, he's been banged up. He's questionable going into this one. That's no good. You know, they've got they, these they, they have young talent in on the on the uh, certainly on the uh, in the wide receiving group and the tight ends, Claypool, uh, Johnson and Farmouth. But it, it's um, this is almost like a transitionary. Yeah. This is transition for the Steelers. 500 football that's they don't dip very they don't mm-hmm. dip very far and they bounce back pretty quickly and they're not an easy out and they, they, who knows what's going to happen this week this could be a fun game though yeah definitely dude this is still you know a lot to be played for for those yep. Steelers and Tom no question they got a lot go. of pride a lot of pride all right Dave up next we have the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins and the Dolphins are eight and a half point favorites at home yeah dude how about these Finns man they've won a ton of games in a row but they're razor thin at running back with Miles Gaskin, Phillips Lindsay, and Salvan Ahmed all on the COVID nineteen list. Ugh. It's just Duke Johnson, the only healthy running back. They got to bring somebody up, obviously from the practice. My God! Luckily, though, Casey, there's good news. After all that, they're playing the Jets. Oh yeah, it's always uh, you know puts a smile on any Dolphins face when those Jets come to town. <laughs> All right, up next, Casey, Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles for an NFC East showdown. Um, and the 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 Eagles rather at home favored by three and a half. Yeah, dude, both these teams fighting to stay in the NFC playoff race. But COVID is running through the FTs and they were already banged up on that defensive line. Um, the good news is they think they'll have Tyler Heineke back for this, who was knocked out of that Cowboys game. If not, it'll be Kyle Allen. And it'll be a little closer to game day to see if they get Terry McLaurin back, who is in the uh, concussion protocol. Philly coming off a bye last week. Shockingly, this is a huge game. The winner of this is firmly in position to get into the playoffs. So lots to be played for here. But that Washington team, man, they took a beating last week at the hands of my Cowboys. So we'll see what happens hitting uh, Philly off of that bye. Yeah, like you said, a de facto playoff game for these guys. You like win, and you can kind of keep yourself in the mix, yeah. lose, and you still really fall into the uh, the abyss there. I like it. All right, up next, Dave, we have the Arizona Cardinals at the Detroit Lions, and the Cards are 13.5-point favorites. In detail, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Motor City Madness. I'm not going to let you talk. I'm going to keep going. Take your kneecaps. <laughs> Cardinals care for to wear knee pads for crying out loud. Um, they, you know, the Cardinals coming back, uh, looking to bounce back after that um, really big loss on Monday Night Football to the Rams, um, where they really gave up a huge advantage. Uh, where they, if they'd have won that game, that essentially locked up the division and uh, a home a home playoff game, and been in, in solid position for the bye. But here they are. Uh, luckily for them. They're playing the Lions. So, you know, oh, fun fact, Casey, the cards are 7-0 and on the road, winning each game by an average of 11 points. Home field, not so much home field. They're 3-3 three and three at home. Road What's going Warriors, on Dave. Road Warriors. Maybe they don't want that home field uh, uh, game. It's not working out so well for them. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they ditched that on purpose. All right, Casey, moving on. It is uh, the Carolina Panthers um, they are heading to Buffalo to play the Bills. Bills at home with a nice, solid 10.5-point favorite. Yeah, Josh Allen day-to-day with that stra- uh, sprained foot. He was in a walking boot earlier in the week. We'll see what happens. If he can't go, it'll be Mitch Trubisky. 
and uh, troops would love to get out there and get a little playing time. And that's probably not a bad idea if you're trying to make a, you know, a postseason run. But Dave, after looking like they had the AFC East in a chokehold, baby, the Bills yeah. are now one of five, seven and six teams scrapping for a wild card spot, dude. So this turns out to be a big game, dude. Stakes are high. And so am I, bro. <laughs> All right. Up next. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, this is a pretty good one. We got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos are point and a half favorites at home. Wow. Wow. I'm a little surprised about that that point spread there, Casey. Both these teams coming into this game at seven and six. And the the Bengals losing a freaking heartbreaker um, in San Francisco last week in overtime, 26 to 23, where it, it seemed like some early mistakes buried them, but then they were down by 14 or 17 or whatever, and they rallied, and they that, got that thing in overtime, and it felt like they were going to steal it. Some amazing uh, performances there. Uh, Joe Burrow, 73.5%, 348 yards and two scores. Uh, and Joe Mixon, uh, he hasn't been as as amazing in the last handful of games as he was sort of, for those games before, but he's always extremely sp- explosive. But Jamar Chase, dude, wow. Oh. This guy, as a receiver, uh, coming into the league as a rookie, just phenomenal. Just five catches, but two touchdowns last week, and one of them late in the game at a huge, huge pivotal point in time uh, where they absolutely needed something big, and he gave it to him. But I'll tell you what, um, this is going to be a heck of a football game. I like the Bengals in this one just because I – don't like the Broncos, but um, I'm telling you, this Broncos team is feisty. This is going to be a heck of a battle. Yeah, dude, and these Broncos, man, what a head-scratching team. You look at them, and they can dominate, and then sometimes they look like crap. Last <laughs> week was a complete domination. I know they were – it was a very emotional game uh, with Demarius – you know, Thomas dying, they yeah. celebrated the life of him. And you could tell that he had a major impact on a lot of these players, dude. And, you know, they're still not sure what they have at quarterback. Drew Locke wasn't able to beat out Teddy B. And sometimes Teddy B looks phenomenal. And then other times he's just pedestrian. But what I do like is that receiving core there, dude, between Judy oh. and Sutton and um, Patrick, man, they yeah. got they got a strong there. And then you throw in the tight ends as well. So lots of weapons there. But, dude, the one-two punch of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both of those guys had two TDs last week. Melvin actually going for a season high with 111. And this is a situation they're going to run Melvin up, baby, because they know what they have moving forward with Javante Williams. So yep. um, I just don't know if I can trust these Broncos to show up in a big game. We're going to know at the end of Sunday if they can do this. But this is a huge game for both of these squads, man, if they want to stay relevant in this mix because it's so muddled right there. So just a a weird matchup. I know I'm going to go back and forth picking this one, and I'll probably Mm -hmm. switch it Sunday morning right before the games happen to the (laughs) wrong game. We'll find out. Switch it to the Broncos because we know what that means. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Sunday morning switch. Go ahead and switch it to the Broncos early. I'll tell you what this case is. This is one of my favorite games of the weekend. Like you said, it's so so tight in the AFC right there. There There are two of the seven and six teams. Pivotal, huge game. I don't think the Broncos have enough ammunition to uh to to out outlast this um but we'll see about that Broncos defense. Oh Dave, this game is pretty sweet. Pretty dang Maybe sweet. Maybe it's pretty dang sweet. Maybe not. <laughs> what do you got, Casey? I got the Atlanta Falcons at the San Francisco 49ers. 
and the 49ers are seven and a half point favorites. Ooh, okay. Just a few short years ago, Casey, this was the NFC Championship game. The 49ers riding a little Debo slash Kittle train, which could which currently has them as a sixth seed in the NFC, while the Falcons need a lot of help to sneak into the playoffs. Somehow that feisty Falcons team still sticking around, making themselves relevant. And would it be, uh, you know, it, it would have to be, it would have to start really obviously with a huge victory this weekend against these Niners, dude. Yeah. Falcons have lost a ton of conference games. I don't see how they can get in there, but these Niners dude, they can make some hay if they get in. Yeah. The Niners are one of those teams that is really coming back to uh, where that where we thought they would be. Yeah. All right, Dave. Up next, we got the Seattle Seahawks at our Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams are six and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, and Pete Carroll and the Seahawks uh, just here to ruin seasons, Casey, and chew bubble gum. Oh, uh, guess what? Guess what? Pete has tons of bubble gum, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I'm, I'm I'm worried about the bubble gum more than anything. But they would still love to muck up the rest, the West here, Casey, the NFC West. The Rams coming off that huge win over the Cards Monday night. They're probably locked into that fifth seed. Uh, eh, I wouldn't give up on, on on winning the division just yet, but it's gonna be it's kind of a long shot. But the Ram fan has got to be stoked about the progress of Stafford to OBJ. Uh, they've hooked up for touchdowns in three straight games now. It uh, won't be four. Guess what? OBJ's on the COVID list. That's a shame. Brutal, man. And these Hawks just getting it going a little too late. I think uh, Russ missing all those weeks. They've already got eight losses. I don't see them getting in. But you're right, dude. They would love to spoil the Rams season. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Up next, Casey, the Green Bay Packers at the Baltimore Ravens. Packers on the road favored by six and a half. Yeah, dude, with that Cardinals loss in week 14, the road to the Super Bowl for the NFC now goes through Lambeau. And this game versus the Ravens is most likely the Pack's last chance to drop a game. And they might be facing the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, dude. That would help them a lot. Um, that would be more bad news for a Ravens team that's been decimated by injuries all year. Yep. They somehow snuck out a handful of miraculous wins this season. And they are battling for the NFC North. AFC North, that is. But they're only one in three in the AFC North. That's brutal. Wow. And their next three games are against the Bengals, the Rams, and the Steelers. Uh, they need Lamar back for this one, or it's bye-bye playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and in fact, last week, they could have been, if the Bengals would have pulled off that victory against the Niners, they would have been knocked into the abyss, just like all those other AFC teams. They're lucky they have uh, such a nice early season record to fall back on. But like you said, that schedule coming up, brutal. So uh, I'm I'm not so sure that the the that this is the Baltimore Ravens year. The the uh, attrition with injury too yeah. significant. All right, Dave. Sunday night football got the New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Bucks, and Tommy's Bucks are ten and a half point favorites in this one, even though they've lost three straight regular season games to the Saints. Wow! Believe it or not, back on Halloween, these same Saints, led by Trevor Simeon, beat the Bucks. Now oh, that makes being... sense. Yes, of course it does. Yeah. Now they're being led by Taysom Hill, not Drew Brees. No, Taysom Hill, who made quick work of the Jets last week with a lot of help with the return of Alvin Kamara. Hey, that makes sense, right? They hope that same formula works against a team that's not the Jets. <laughs> Good luck with that. See what I did there, Casey? Ah, that's pretty clever. <laughs> Who dat? Who dat? How about them Saints? But this will be a tough one for the Saints. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm going back to my math skills, Dave. I think we have just one game left. <laughs> All right. That means it's trend zone. It's slipping away. Oh, no. All right. It's the Monday Night Football game. It is Monday Night Football with the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. The the Vikings on the road favored by three and a half. Yeah, dude, and this Vikings squad, man, it would drive me crazy to be a Vikings fan. Thank God I'm not because they can play great and they can play poor, too. Um, take it back to last Thursday, the first half of that game. You're like, oh, man, these Vikes are getting hot. They're definitely going into the playoffs. And then the second half happened, and they barely held on, man. But uh, <laughs> they turned around. Kirk Cousins handed it to Dalvin Cook a lot. And uh, he roasted uh, the Steelers for over 200 yards, uh, even with that bum shoulder, man. So they need to try to do a lot more of that. But when um, Kirk is throwing it, he really likes to throw it to Justin Jefferson, dude. Yeah. He's destroyed the Bears in his two games against him, almost 240 yards. So uh, he's been really hot. Um, eight uh catches in over 100 yards in his last couple of games there. Probably not going to have Thielen back for this one. And you told the people, Dave, to pick up K.J. Osborne last week mm. for a fantasy team. And if they did that, they were rewarded with over 80 yards and a touchdown. So Vikes have tons of weapons there. Um, defensively, some pretty good players there. Kendrick's obviously in Harrison Smith with that huge knockout at a Patrick Fryer move. Uh, go ahead or tie. Oh, score last so week. close. Punch that thing out of there and sealed that victory for them. So, man, you just don't know what you're getting out of these Vikings. Probably going to be a close game no matter who they're playing. Yep. But they still have postseason dreams. But, man, they are teetering on the outskirts of playoff town, dude. They can't mess it up and lose to these Bears. Yeah, no question about that, Casey. It seems like the Vikings should have a better record than they do. Uh, this Bears team with Justin Fields gives you a puncher's chance, to say the least. And uh, you, ex like you just said, you expect this to come down to the wire because it's the Vikings. It's going to come down yeah. to the last play or two. Man. All right. <laughs> All right. That is it for our preview of Week 15 in the NFL. Guess what, folks? So many ways to check out the football dudes. This podcast right here, the Trend Zone, Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you get your podcasts. Yeah. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's pretty easy. Like us on Instagram or Facebook. Got some killer images and great stories there on the Facebooks. And above all else, follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. We have so much killer content. And make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It is all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. He's Casey. I'm Dave. We're the Football Dudes. We are out of here. Enjoy week 15 of the NFL, and we'll see you next time.